everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say in every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Kaylee Hammett coming on. She's been nominated for an ACM award and all that, and she's doing some great things. In fact, we've, uh, you know, first time we were introduced to her was on the radio with the family tree, so that was pretty cool. Um, oh, but she's yes, definitely and we love growing that out there. <laughs> and we're yeah. excited that we're going to hear a little piece of her story today and also talk about some music. So, Kaylee, are you here? I am here. How are y'all? Uh, we oh, are good. And yourself? <clears throat> so, um, one thing I like to do before we really dig in at all is what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music? Oh, man, gardening is a way for me <laughs> to stay grounded and stay sane. That's a big part of my, oh, wow. my extra uh, free yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, honestly, um, hot yoga. I finally got back. Uh, there's a little yoga place over here that's opened back up and is doing it um, socially distancing in this big old mm-hmm. studio. And so I've been yeah. doing hot yoga and um, just staying with my little dogs, writing new music. That helps <laughs> uh, keep me sane, to be honest. Yeah, talking awesome. about the virus, how has it affected you and, you know, to get through all this? Well, you know, um, in comparison to some people, I haven't been as um, as affected, and I'm very grateful for yeah. that. But, um, you know, I you can't make money if you ain't touring. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, right. for every single artist you see that uh, isn't working, you know, there's five to 100 people behind them that has been out of yeah. a job. So. You know, it's um, I've been helping my boys kind of work on this lawn care company. They call it Family Tree Lawn oh, Care well. Co. Um, and they're yeah. all uh, doing landscaping and stuff like that to just make ends meet. And um, anyways, you know, seeing what I can do with them and uh, just trying to stay busy, honestly. Um, it is a little blessing that I get to write during mm-hmm. this time. But, you yeah. know, it's uh, not exactly yeah. how I anticipated 2020 being. Yeah. I mean, like even with our show, we actually launched our show January 3rd of this year, and the the intention of the show was to interview 80 to 100 artists the first year, and we thought that would be a great goal. And when Mm -hmm. the virus happened and and the shutdown, I told Sandy, you know, this may be our time to shine because artists that normally wouldn't come on a new show may be willing to come on a show. And because of that, we've stepped it up, and you are now our 194th interview. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Look at you taking a hard time and making it, you know, into a positive. Got to. Oh, I thank mean, we you. Can't cha- we can't change the virus, but we can change our attitude that's towards right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned in life is, you cannot control a dang thing that happens to you, but all you can control mm. is how you move on from it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So what would you say is something quirky about you? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, Lord. One thing I'm noticing that I'm like, all right, I got to cut this uh-huh. work out. Um, all these live streams I've done, you know, I'm uh-huh. so used to you finish a song and then you wait and people are like, yay, you know, whatever it is, they clap mm-hmm. and they get to make the sound. Yeah. And now that none of that sound is happening after a song, I'll stop a song and then it's like I randomly, it's like a compulsive scat. I don't know what it is, but my brain's like, <laughs> beady bop. Okay, thank 
Nausea, next song, or Debo. Oh, well. And I, I have no yeah. clue what these sounds are or what they mean, but my brain is like, they're silent, so we must feel it. What can we say? Um, I may have right. been listening to too much Roger Miller and Ella Fitzgerald. I think I'm <laughs> I'm becoming obsessed with scatting in between songs. It's got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> So as you know, you know, the music industry is tough. And a lot of people, they see the glory of like your Blake Shelton's and Miranda's and Carrie's. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifices that it takes to get there. And I always like to talk about that side of it, too, because I, I think that it's not talked about enough in the music industry. Because, you know, a lot of people, they got this mixed conception that, oh, these artists, they just want to have fun. And, there's, and yes, y'all have fun, but there's so much more to being an artist than the glory side. In fact, it's, you, the, you only get glory from time to time where you have to do the grind every day, every minute. And I want to talk about that. So tell us that side of it a little bit, the, the, the sacrifices that you've had to make as you enter this um, crazy music world. You know, that's, it, it kind of boils down to the thought of, um, I once was asked by, a young songwriter. I teach these songwriting classes for the University of Georgia for the 4-H'ers um, every other summer. And anyways, one of the kids asked me this question um, as far as, like, how do you do it? You know, uh, what should, you know, if I want to get into music, how do I do it? And what uh, advice would you have? And honestly, it's, it's boiled down to if you can live without it, don't do it. But if you can't exactly. live without it, do it, never do anything else. You know what I mean? If if it would kill you yeah. to not do music, don't you dare go do something else, you know? And um, yeah. anyways, I feel like even though there's a lot of a, there's a lot of hard parts of living your dream. Living the mm-hmm. dream is not easy is what I've kind of figured out. Um, and don't take this as me not being grateful, but if we want to talk yeah. about the hardships, I mean, a lot of it is sacrifice. Sacrifice your yeah. time with family sacrificing time um, in relationships. Relationships fall apart mm-hmm. when, you know, you put work first, but that is the only way to succeed in this industry. Exactly. I mean, think about how exactly. many people would give anything to be in your, your, your like, shoes, you know? And yeah. um, anytime I start to feel a little ungrateful or lonely, I have to look around <laughs> and go, you know what, someone would kill to be where I am, yep, so I need exactly. to shut up and keep working, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's a lot of uh, – it's a lot of work and a lot of waiting. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yep. Um, it's a lot of 4 a.m. lobby calls. It's a lot of 5 a.m. flights. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of three or four hours of sleep. And, you know, you put on clothes, dark clothes that match your dark circles. You know, it's, it's yeah. not always fun on the road. But, you know, when you get to do what you love every day, even when the travel is makes it all even when it's all worth it. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It's you know, looking back at some of these moments on the road, I realize even when I'm bawling in a New York City bathroom, you know, and I was in a meeting and I had to get myself together before I walked out of that bathroom again, you know, I still loved it. Like there were still yeah. moments of that that I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think people misconcept that like we, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in two thousand fourteen and one of the questions I asked her which goes along with this was what advice would she give an up becoming artist? And it was almost to the T what you said because she basically said, If you can do, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She says the day you want it to be a career, 
your life changes. She goes, you don't own your life anymore. She goes, it's gonna, yeah. she goes your friends and relatives, they never understand because you, you can't say yes to weddings. You can't say yes to weekends. You can't say yes to holidays because they don't understand that you saying no to a gig is not you saying no to the gig. It's you saying no to 20, 30 people that are expecting that gig to happen, and they don't yep. understand it. They think it's just you and that gig. You can, well, hey, is this a wedding? You can just say no to that, but you can't. It's already booked. You've got 20, 30 people. Then you've got you know, your, your whole family sacrifices, not just you. Then there are days where, like you said earlier, because she, she was saying you might feel crappy, but you've got to get on that stage that night and smile like you're the happiest person out there. But then she added, like you said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything else, Go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. So you made me think about that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very true. I mean, this is uh, – music is more fun as a hobby than as a profession, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, because the pressure <laughs> yeah. of it is taken off. So only the enjoyment of it comes forth. You know, this is, it's a lot more hard work than the payoff um, is what I mm-hmm. realized. But when you love creating – when you love, so this is something my, my daddy said. He goes, find a job in which you don't love the payoff, but you love the work. And awesome. that's what I love, I love in this job is I feel awkward when people compliment me in person. I'm really mm-hmm. bad at taking sure. compliments. I don't like it. You know, I appreciate mm-hmm. it, but I'm not good at it. Um, you know, I don't like when people give me things. You know, I always feel bad because I didn't give them anything. There's always some mm-hmm. weird part of this job that I'm like, I don't know how to handle this, but when you put me in a studio and you leave me alone, I am as happy as a clam, you know? So um, yeah. I just, yeah, if you love the process of music, you better do it. I love that. And we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song and come back. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I sworn off love long before I met you. But somehow you loosen the tide on a tied up heart. But I should have known it from the start. Should have never come over. You should have left early and kept your hands to your
be, you know, just friends. We love that song. Really great song. So tell us how that came together. Oh, well, I was mad and sad all at the same time. I uh, I dated a boy that, uh, you know, we had a really good friendship. And I remember calling my mom and telling her all about this boy. You know, it's the first boy I dated that he worked somewhat in the industry, so he understood me, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, understood Mm -hmm. what I was going through. And I'm just, you know, going on and on about this boy. And my mama says, yeah, 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 I'm glad you found a friend. Just don't date him. Just don't date him. (laughs) I was like, I ain't going to date him. And then. You know, a few days later, a bottle of wine down, me and him start talking about our feelings, and Lord, we start dating. So, uh, you know, when the relationship fell through, there was two different sides of me. You know, there's the one mm-hmm. side of me that's like, man, I had I had sealed my heart up kind of in a tomb. Mm-hmm. I had focused just on work, mm-hmm. and I told, I told everyone that they couldn't get in. And then you just made those walls feel like sheets on a line. Wow. You pushed aside and walked through. Wow. And I was like, how did you get me? <laughs> And then the next part, I was just, I was writing the same, you know, just different ideas for this one right that day. And then I was like, you should have never come over. You should not have promised yeah. me anything if you couldn't keep it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. I just got mad. I was like, I should have listened to my yeah. mama. And uh, I went in the writing room that day with two of my friends, Aaron Retier and Mikey Reeves, and they, uh, I played them both of these versions. And I said, well, which one do y'all want to write today? And Aaron said, well, why don't we write both? And I started thinking about it, and I was oh, like, wow. man, we could put these in the same song. And, yeah, I didn't <laughs> know if the label yeah. would like this at all. It was kind of a shot in the dark, but, hey, uh-huh. here we are. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, that is, I, I just love hearing the stories behind songs because, you know, sometimes it's not what you mm-hmm. think, and then sometimes it is what you think, so it's really cool to hear that. Um, one thing I like to do on our show is, you know, that, you know, the behind-the-scenes people never get any love. And I think yep. that's wrong. I think they need love yep. because they're the ones that make it work. So if you want to take one or two minutes to kind of talk about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, my gosh. I love that you have this part of the show because, honest to God, people think that it's just an artist. Do you know how many mm-hmm. people it takes to make one artist's dream come true? I mean, it's a unreal. Uh, I never realized until last year, you know. But um, mm-hmm. a few people that have really stood out, Taylor Lee, my day-to-day manager, this woman has to manage oh, wow. my life, manage my <laughs> schedule, and also manage my emotions. It's a hard job. <laughs> but um, her and my manager, uh, Mary Hilliard, that oversees everything, you know, the bigger picture stuff, um, man, having a business manager, having Catherine mm-hmm. Moore over at FSM, a company here in Nashville that – Will you know, make sure all my boys are paid on time when I, you know, when they're supposed to be and making sure that, yeah. um, you know, I'm not spending too much money on Uber Eats or Postmates. Um, <laughs> it's these little, it's just all these different people that just love music and mm-hmm. work in this industry that have helped me do all this. But um, yeah. one of the main people is my publisher, Cindy Foreman. She was the first rock. I uh mm-hmm. I met her and um I played her all these sad songs and I never imagined in a thousand <laughs> years that Universal Publishing would sign me, you know. But I played yeah. these songs that were close to my heart and she connected to them, signed me, and I had nothing going for me. I was just a young female mm-hmm. songwriter signed at a time where everyone scoffed in my face. They were like, "Look, we love your music. Wow. We we can't sign another female songwriter right now." I've been told that three times. And uh, Cindy heard me and goes, I don't want to work with anybody else. I want to work with you. And uh, while I was writing as a staff writer, 
uh, as I was writing as a staff writer, she saved all these songs that really felt like me, and she wouldn't pitch them, all these different songs mm-hmm. that are on the record. She was the one that had the, the I guess, the forefront, the foresight of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. making sure of, hey, let's save these. This is really close to her. I'm not pitching this one. I'm keeping this for her. And when I finally got to make the record I wanted, guess who had saved my butt and saved all these songs? Wow. Cindy Foreman. <laughs> I really love that. And, and, you know, we're a family affair show because we're a husband and wife team, but we also have a third co-host kind of. Our, yes, our we do. We always have him come on and ask one question to each artist, so Sandy's going to get him on real quick to ask his question. Yeah. <laughs> and and when our little daughter, the 17 months old, when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show because we are a family affair. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, here is Christopher with his question. Hi, Katie. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Okay, my favorite food. Hmm. Oh, that's a hard one. Right now, (laughs) this week, spaghetti. Mm. That sounds really good. good. And what's yours, Lucas? Pizza. Pizza. Okay, great minds think alike. I like the Italian vibe we're going with. (laughs) I <laughs> love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he could eat pizza all day Bye, long. Thanks. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I'll see you later. He comes and goes. Uh, it's funny because yeah, ne- next year we live in Savannah. We live in the Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia right now. And next year we're moving to Nashville. And all these artists have said, well, when y'all come, we're going to have a pizza party with little Chris. And so he's got all kinds of people wanting to buy him pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I um so when my guys started the lawn care company and stuff, I would go mm-hmm. out and do uh, any job yeah. they didn't have a third person. We went and laid sod yeah. mm-hmm. at uh one of the guys from YouTube, one of his houses, and his little boy asked me three times oh, if wow. I wanted to come over and play video games with him. And I was like, well, oh, man, wow. I guess I've made a friend out here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Ooh, ooh, that's hard. Um, Dolly Parton or David Bowie, um, mm. or Jim Croce, I guess. Um, <laughs> and it would, what would it be about? You said. Yeah. What would you want it yeah. to be about? Oh Lord, I don't even know. I, I honestly, when I go into a room, it's whatever. It just whatever, never comes. Uh, yeah, whatever the angels want to drop down in that room that day. But um. <laughs> <laughs> I I would just love to write one of their ideas, I guess. I feel like David that, Bowie and Dolly, they both have this singular way of telling a story that I'd love to just mm-hmm. watch them do it. We made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And this was pretty much before everybody knew who she was. Um, and five years, fast forward five years later, she's living almost what we asked. So I always like to tell that small story before I ask the question to get artists to think. So where do you want to be in five years? Five years. You know, they say that we overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we can do in five. Um, uh-huh. I don't honestly know. I, in five years, I would love to own my own house, own mm-hmm. a greenhouse, and start formulating a, a situation in which to open a business that people could come to Nashville and shop in my garden. I would love to have, you know, a greenhouse garden situation for fans to come and immerse themselves. Um, that's probably what I want. I want to be love on a that. third record at least. 
<laughs> there you go. Um, now let's say that your future self is successful, and let's say that five years, ten years, fifteen years down the road, whatever it is, but you are living what you want to live at that time. If you could meet your future self, what would you say to her? What do I need to do? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, honestly, I've thought about going back and talking to my past self and being like, stop so, see, crying. We like to take it the other way. Better. Yeah, I've never thought <laughs> the other way, so I don't even know. <laughs> the reason I like to say it this way is because I think it gets artists to think about, okay, if whatever you ask your future self, are you living that right now? And that's really Ooh, the purpose I of that. I love that. Man, there is a saying that I – yeah, I've taken this saying to heart, and I wanted to share it with you because I think you would like it. Um, it is be who you needed when you were younger. And I that's think good. about that all the time before I make big decisions on even my mm-hmm. style, what I say, you know, and I'm like, what did I need? I needed I needed someone that seemed normal in the spotlight. I needed someone <laughs> that wasn't perfect. I needed someone that mm-hmm. messed up bad, that sometimes looked like a hot mess that made a fool of themselves, that danced and was as free as they wanted to be. But Mm -hmm. they were human. They were flawed just enough that I saw enough of myself in them to know that I could do it too. Because I felt like I grew up just watching these shiny people in the spotlight, and I just never thought that I could ever be in a spotlight too because I wasn't worthy of it. And I want to show it doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, or Mm -hmm. what you say. As long as you're yourself, you can be something. And let's talk about that for a couple minutes um, with the rest of the time that we have here. Um, when you look at your music career so far, what are some moments? And I know, of course, I know the nominee one will be one of them. But what are some moments that you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that or I got that, you know, something like that? I mean, getting to write Reba's name on this record, um, oh, wow. that was a big deal. Getting to um, – I remember standing at the kitchen counter – playing the work tape of me and Alan Jackson singing on Lord, I hope this day is good. And my dad crying. That was a big moment. Mm. Um, wow. I remember the first time I walked my parents, uh, my Opry debut. I remember walking mm-hmm. them through the back doors and I remember thinking this tonight isn't about me. Tonight's about them. Mm. Like it felt like yeah. it was almost like a graduation. Cause I didn't go to college. Um, I dropped mm-hmm. a scholarship to go to Nashville to Belmont uh, for a boy back home. Wow. And that's what small town hypocrite is about. And uh, <laughs> anyways, um, so I went to the college of hard knocks um, in honky tonk two and a half years playing downtown on Broadway in those bars um, to pay my rent. And anyways, mm-hmm. I feel like walking in the artist entrance of the Opry was like wow. a graduation of sorts. It was me throwing my cap. <laughs> Which makes it all worthwhile. All the pain, all the struggles, all the sacrifices, are coming full circle now, huh? Yep, yep. And you got to love that because, it, like like we said earlier in the show, it doesn't matter what career. I mean, granted, I think the music career is one of the is one of the tougher careers to ever. And most people don't understand it. But no matter if you're going to go to the top at any career, it's going to be take the same type of sacrifices, same type of struggles. It doesn't matter what career. Yep, I uh, I think that sacrifice is a, a key word in living the mm-hmm. dream. Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times it started in high school. You know, I'd want to go to a party or I'd want to go to a dance or something. And then I'd realize, no, I already scheduled myself to go play a four-hour set 
at this bar three hours away. And sorry, kid, but it doesn't matter if you want to go to a party with your friends. You're working, so go to work. Yeah. You know, um, there's many moments like that. But, you know, when I look back and I remember that twist in my stomach of the thought of missing out, it was worth mm-hmm. the missed party or two, trust well. me. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, you can finish off with what advice would you give the person that wants to become you type thing? Of course, be themselves. I, I know that. But what, what advice for the next artist that's trying to make this crazy dream happen? Learn it all. Learn it all. <laughs> I mean, I, what, I, what I suggest um, and what I mm-hmm. see in myself and my successful friends, the ones that I feel like are making their mark, Mm-hmm. You literally, you go to every single person that works in any capacity in this industry, and you introduce yourself by name, and then you go, so what do you do? Can you explain that to me? Can I follow you around for just a little bit? I want to see wow. what this is like. And what it is is you're slowly learning more and more out of this industry. Go go mm-hmm. read music law books. You know how many music law books I read when I was in town? Because I was so scared when I first moved. I was so scared I'd get taken advantage of and lose all of my money, lose all the money I didn't have. <laughs> But um, anyways, yeah, I mean, I was sleeping in my car reading music law books. You you need to be studying this. This is a career. This is, you know, this exactly. is a lifelong dedication. So if you can have your hand in every single pot that's stirring around you, you're going to understand it better, and you're not going to be taken mm-hmm. advantage of as easily. Yep. Love that. So as we close out here, tell everybody how they can reach you. Well, if you want to follow along with any music on YouTube at Kaylee Hammock, uh, you can go on to Instagram. If you like random uh, written confessionals, you can go to Twitter. But you can find all of that at Kaylee Hammock at C-A-Y-L-E-E-H-A-M-M-A-C-K. Love it. We definitely enjoyed having you on, even though it's a little shorter yeah. than we normally do. But you still love loved yeah. every minute of it. I tried to make it impactful as much as I can in the short time we had. But we definitely would love to have you back down the road. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. And uh, No, that's what I'm yeah. planning on. I'd like to see you all in person next time maybe. There, there we go. We can be, we're, we're planning on a trip in October. If, if, if things are coming back online by yes. October, we're, we're planning a trip in October to Nashville. So. Planning oh, it nice. then, hopefully. All righty. Well, y'all be safe in the process and enjoy Savannah, man. I wish I was down there. Savannah's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right. You have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Hey.